Well, I don't know about you, but I'm very, very happy that I came this morning. Amen. <laughs> that was a, just, uh, I don't know, to me, it's just a very a special time of worship together this morning with, with, the, with the body of Christ, and it's always an honor to do that, but I just sense a, a really unique anointing and, and a grace on all of us, so I want to just encourage you to stay strong in the Lord. It's, it's a time for we as a church to let our light shine. It's a time for we as the body of Christ. In, in the book of Jude, in verse 20, we are admonished to keep ourselves in the love of God. To keep ourselves in the love of God. I think that is a twofold meaning this morning. I just want to emphasize real quickly before I have Nathan come back out. But first of all, we, it's important that we keep ourselves in the love of God, meaning that we continue to uh, stay connected with God. And when we keep ourselves in the love of God, the love of God knows no fear. God's love dispels all fear. And so if you sense any fear starting to creep in, any doubt starting to creep in, just remind yourself, I'm keeping myself in the love of God. Frustration starting to overwhelm us with people's reactions, authorities' reactions, right, wrong, or indifferent. Our responsibility as the body of Christ is to keep ourselves in the love of, in the love of God that we always are responding in the love of God, which is wisdom, which is filled with patience, is filled with kindness, is filled with goodness. Amen? Amen. So we're going to keep ourselves in the love of God, and it knows no fear. And so we're going to function in God's love towards all people at all times. But to do so, we have to stay connected to the love of God. And it's especially important during trying times, during, during uh, times such as this that, I don't know, in the few short years that I've been on the planet, I, I haven't experienced anything quite like this before, but God is still on his throne. Amen. And we still have the name of Jesus, and we still have the victory in Jesus' name. So let's continue to stay strong. Let's continue to love one another. Stay connected to God. And in, in keeping ourselves in the love of God, let's be open and let's be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and how we can help our families, those in our spheres of influences, those in our community, do whatever we can do to help. Uh, for example, I think right now, I sense the Holy Spirit leading us. Anyone in here this morning, you're, you're in the healthcare profession, would you just stand up? We want to pray an extra prayer of grace and anointing on you this morning. Anyone else in healthcare? Come on, Any, anything to do with healthcare. You're, you're being taxed quite heavily right now. So in Jesus' name, Father, we pray and we lift up all our healthcare workers that are here and even those that are a part of this church that are not here today. Many of them are, may even be working this weekend. So Father, we lift them up to you right now in the name of Jesus, name above all names, for a great infusion of love, grace, patience, wisdom, and Lord God, the favor of God upon them, energize them, supernatural energy, Lord God. And no doubt they're putting in extra hours, and, uh, and the hours that they are there are just very, very taxing. So I thank you in Jesus' name. Let them know right now, Father, by the Spirit of God, that they're loved and that they're making a difference and that, that they will keep themselves connected to your love and be ancients, uh, agents of love at this moment in time that we find ourselves in right now in Jesus' name. 
name above all names. And Father, also just a great grace in all parents with adjustments that are being made, with schools being closed for the next two weeks. It, it just, it, it really, it's taxing on schedules and complicates things. And, but Lord, we thank you right now for wisdom, grace, and patience on every one of us, Father, especially the, 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 the parents that have children, that have school-age children. And Lord, be with them in a very special way. May a supernatural grace abound, a supernatural peace that surpasses all understanding, rule and reign through hearts and minds during this, during this time. And Lord God, that we have a coming together, we have a, a strengthening of our faith during this season in Jesus' name, name above all names. And Father, for any economic downturns that, that this situation is causing in our church family. Father, I pray right now that in Jesus' name, for every household, for every need to be supplied according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. It's something we say. It's something we pray. We're quick to quote it. But Lord God, we, we are living it in Jesus' name. Our trust, our confidence is in you and in you alone. Now, thank you. You're showing yourself strong, showing yourself strong, Lord God, and that we are seizing every opportunity to hear the voice of your Holy Spirit and to be led by your Spirit during these days. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. If you have your Bibles with you, I want to invite you to turn to the Gospel of John chapter 2. We've been doing a a little series the last couple of weeks entitled Trust, learning to exchange our logic, our reasoning for trust in the Lord. And so it's a work in process. It's a, it's a work that we are doing for our entire lives. At least I am. It's a, it's a continual development. It's a, it's a continual process of learning to trust God in so many different environments and just continuing to, in the areas that I thought, well, okay, I, I have it. I've mastered it. I, I trust God in this area, but then I find situations where I need to trust him to a greater de degree in that particular area. And so it, it, it's, it's an ongoing process, so we want to continue to grow in it continue to exchange any reasoning that we wrestle with when it comes to hearing the voice of God, the commands of God's word. We want to reason and, and use logic and talk ourselves out of it. We're coming to a place where we are trusting in him with all of our heart. I'm saying all my heart. So the idea is we want to come to a place where we're trusting him wholeheartedly with all of our heart and not leaning on our own understanding. We gave you several illustrations over the last several weeks. We talked about Mary, the mother of Jesus, when she was confronted by the angel, and, and she was informed that she's going to conceive and she's going to give birth to the Christ child. You know, her, um, she began to reason in, in her mind. She began to consider what message she had just heard from God. But within a short period of time, she surrendered to the message, and she said to the angel that, that brought the message to her, let it be to me, let it be done unto me according to your word. So she wrestled through it, but she quickly came to the place, well, okay, uh, man, this is blowing all my reasoning, it's blowing all my logic, it's blowing all my understanding, it's, it's just all annihilated, but let it be to me according to your word. We talked about Peter, how he had, Simon Peter had been out fishing all night long and didn't catch any fish, and Jesus said, launch out into the deep again. 
for a great catch of fish. And Peter, the logic kicked in, and he began to argue with Jesus and reasoning with Jesus, but we fished all night. We didn't catch anything, so why would we go out in the daytime? We don't fish in the daytime. The, the shadow from the sun, from our boat, and from the nets, they scare the fish away. So certainly if we didn't catch any at night, we're not going to catch any in the daytime. So he had that little dialogue going on with Jesus. But he quickly came to a place where he surrendered his, his reasoning and his logic, and he made this statement He's in Luke chapter 5 and verse 5. He said, nevertheless, at your word, I will. At your word, I will. So those are some examples that we're talking about. Last week, we looked at uh, Naaman, the leper, how he had certain expectations of how the prophet was going to uh, minister God's healing to him, that he was going to you know, wave his hands and he was going to say some magical words and he was going to receive his healing. But when he, when he arrived to, at the prophet, the prophet, didn't, the prophet didn't even honor him with his presence. The prophet sent his servant to him and said, go tell Naaman to dip in the river in the Jordan River seven times. And we saw in the scripture in 2 Kings how Naaman was furious at the lack of honor, at the lack of respect, and that, that the prophet didn't meet his preconceived idea, his reasoning or his logic, and he, he became furious. But fortunately, his servant talked him into it and said, listen, if God would have told you to do something spectacular, would you not have done it? Why don't you do this simple thing such as, you know, go dip in the river? How difficult is that? He was telling him something very simple, something very logical to do, but yet in his logic and in his reason, he thought it has to be something spectacular. But the good news is, is he did go, and he did dip himself in the river seven times according, and the scripture tells us that he did it according to the word of the prophet, which is according to the word of the Lord. When the prophet spoke under the old covenant, that was God speaking to the people. And so he did that. He, he resigned himself to trusting in the Lord with all of his heart and not leaning on his own understanding, and he received his miracle. And so in walking with God and developing our trust in God, when we hear from God, whether uh, in, in hearing from God, primarily, you're going to hear from God by his word. Your primary source of hearing from God is through the scriptures and through the inward witness of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit speaking to us. But many times when it's the Holy Spirit speaking to us, it's because you were reading the scriptures or you were hearing the scriptures and something bore witness with you, his spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and you sensed in your heart that God spoke to me. I sensed this is what I'm, this is the direction, this is the step that I'm to take. And developing a trust in that. And the reason it's developing a trust in, in hearing from God's word Trusting in God's word because the Bible assures us and we believe in 2 Timothy tells us that, uh, that the word of God is it's the inspired word of God. It's the inspired word of God, meaning it's God breathed. God breathed the scriptures. Men of old, they heard from God and they recorded what they heard from God. And so it's, it's God breathed. God breathed the scriptures. Men wrote it, but it, the, the scripture originated with God. It's God's voice to you today, and it's a voice of truth. 
And the Bible teaches us, the Word of God teaches that God is faithful. And most Christians, if we were to do a poll in here this morning, say, do you believe God is faithful? I'm, I'm pretty sure we'd have a predominant, everyone would say, yeah, guess God is faithful. Then I would follow that up and say, what is he faithful to? Is he faithful to his whims, to his feelings? Or is he faithful to something that's consistent? And the correct answer would be God is faithful to that which is consistent. He's faithful to his word. He's given us his word, and he remains faithful to his word. That's why when we're talking about trusting in God, we need to recognize that how can I trust in God? I haven't seen him. I'm not sure, I'm not sure if I'd recognize him if he walked in here today, but, you know, but I worship him, and I experience him, and I've surrendered my life to him, but now you want me to trust him completely and not lean on my own understanding. Yes, and the reason I'm saying yes, we are to trust in the Lord with all of our heart is because he is faithful to his word. That has to be our, our anchor. We can't just have all different anchor points of what God has said or who God is or what God does. We can't have all these different schools of thought just floating around among Christians throughout the world and have all these different doctrines and different beliefs and different interpretations. We need to recognize that God is true to his word. He's faithful to his word, and that's what we are to be trusting in, in the word of the Lord. Now, whether uh, you are reading a, a particular scripture, chapter and verse, and you sense God speaking to you, then you, then you can trust that. When you sense the Holy Spirit is speaking to you in alignment with the Word of God, you can trust that. It's the Holy Spirit. He's speaking to you, developing a trust in that. My experience in walking with God is some days I have that sense and I have no problem following it. I, I just believe it. Just a few moments ago, I said, I have that sense, you know, that we should pray for all health care providers. I wasn't planning that. I just sensed the Holy Spirit speaking that. So I trusted that, followed through with it. But at the same time, while you may be thinking, wow, what a great man of God. He hears from God and he obeys. I can probably give you six or seven things that I probably thought of that I wrestled with this morning already. And we're only, what time? 11 o'clock. But they're all God speaking. Trusting the Lord with all my heart. So in some areas, I wrestle with it. But I'm on a journey to develop a trust in the Lord in every area that he speaks to me about. Some areas are more developed than others. And most of you are probably the same way. You have some areas that you have no problem trusting God. In other areas, you may have a, a challenge trusting God. You may have no problem at all trusting God in the area of, of, of your finances, giving your tithe to the Lord, giving offerings as the Holy Spirit directs you. You have no problem with that whatsoever. You're happy to do it. And you give cheerfully. But you may struggle in another area of trusting God. You may, you may be challenged with the idea that someone offended you and the Holy Spirit's speaking to you about you need to forgive that person. And you can do it because I have your back. It will be well with your soul. Trust me. Forgive the person. But sometimes we don't feel like we should forgive the person because I'm going to make myself vulnerable to more injury, to more harm, to more hurt feelings. What do you mean forgive? I can't forgive. I can't 
trust that person. I can't release that person by forgiving that person. They'll do more harm to me. No, you can trust God that when you do your part, God's got your back. He'll protect you. Amen? So those are just some small examples of, I guess they're not that small when they're real to us, but, excuse me. But I've given you a, a few examples of learning to trust the Lord when we find ourselves anxious, we start, fear begins to, to rise up. Can I squelch that and say, no, I'm not going to submit to that spirit of fear. I am trusting the Lord, my God. In him, I place my trust. He is my rock, my fortress, my stronghold. In him, I will trust. Amen. And so let's read from the, the Gospel of John, chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. I find this a very, uh, it's, it's, it sounds almost elementary, but yet it's so key to putting our trust in God. It says, on the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his, and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Now, students, you're in here today. This is not a scripture that gives you permission to respond to your mother saying, Woman, what right do you have to tell me what to do? <laughs> I got you covered there. <clears throat> got you covered. That's probably not a wise thing to do. Trust me on this, all right? Because <laughs> you may wake up a few weeks later and say, I should have trusted Pastor Ray. <laughs> so his mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Now there, now there were set there six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, Fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that, had, that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine, and when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. You have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him, or you could say his disciples trusted him. So we're talking about trusting in the Lord with all of our heart and leaning not on our own understanding. There's several different ways we can go here with this particular story. Put yourself in a servant's shoes. It's your responsibility to keep the wine supplied at the wedding. And you are now informed that we're out of wine and the wedding reception is not anywhere near over. And this came to the attention of Jesus' mother, and Jesus' mother says something profound. She says to the servants, whatever he says to you, speaking of Jesus, whatever Jesus says to you, do it. 
Whatever Jesus says to you, trust him. Do it. And so, that was fine at that particular moment because they had no idea what Jesus was going to tell them to do. At this point, they thought, well, Jesus is going to give us money. He's going to tell us to go. He's going to send us to buy some wine or a number of other things could have unfolded here. But Jesus made this statement, and he said, uh, fill the water pots with water. That's no problem. We can fill water pots with water. There's nothing wrong with that. But then he went on and said, and, and draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. And when the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants knew where it came from. Can you just picture yourself being the servant? You filled the water pots with water and you took it to the master of the feast. And not only did you take it knowing that you filled this thing with water and now you're going to draw some out and you're going to serve it to the master. That's why it's in there in parentheses. But the servants knew exactly where it came from. They're thinking, we sure hope something happened to this water. <laughs> We're sure hoping. We just simply, you know, I'm sure they had in, in, in the back of their mind, they hey, don't look at us. We're just doing what he told us to do. <laughs> Jesus said, do it. That's, you know, we're not trying to serve you water. We're just doing what Jesus told us to do. But they did what Jesus told them to do. And my friend, this was the beginning of miracles. The very first miracle that the God of heaven, through his son, Jesus Christ, performed was to turn the water into wine. And he did it on the simplicity of Jesus, first of all, his mother, first of all, saying to the servants, whatever Jesus tells you to do, do it. That is the beginning of miracle. The key to unlocking your trust in God and not leaning on your own understanding is to, is to train yourself and to develop yourself to do what you are told to do according to the word of the Lord, to obey the word. And that's why it's so important that we recognize that God, if we're going to trust God, that God is faithful to his word. No word from God is without power of fulfillment. That's what the angel Gabriel told Mary, the mother of Jesus, when she was wrestling and reasoning. He reassured her by saying, that no word from God is without power of fulfillment. And then she said, oh, okay, then let it be to me according to your word. So we want to come to a place where we are believing the word of God, trusting that God is faithful in his word, and whatever he says, we are trusting it and we are obeying it. See, Pastor Ray, it just sounds, it's so elementary, it, it's so simple. It is. It's so elementary and it's so simple, we need help to miss it. And we've gotten plenty of help over the years. We're not learning how to trust God, but rather, well, we argue, well, is it okay to drink wine or is it not okay to drink wine? And what well, must be okay because Jesus turned water into wine. And well, you know, <clears throat> we come up with all these theological arguments rather than just stick with the basics. The basic here is just do what he tells you to do. 
but, 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 no, do what he tells you to do. Amen? That unlocks the miracle in our lives. That will unlock the miracle in our lives. We can always trust God. He's always available to us, always faithful to us. In, in Hebrews 10, 23, the scripture tells us that uh, we are to hold fast to our confession. That means that we're holding fast to our profession of our faith, uh, of our hope, of our faith, without wavering. Notice we're not being tossed to and fro. We, we are without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Faithful, infinitely reliable. He is trustworthy. God is faithful to his word, and we are to trust in him with all of our heart, leaning not on our own understanding, always in the process of exchanging, exchanging my reasoning for trust with all my heart to Almighty God. Obedience to doing what he has told us to do is our proper response to what he tells us to do. We can honor him by being obedient. We talked about Mary, talked about Peter, Naaman, then uh, Jesus, uh, his mother saying just to, to, the, to the servants, just do whatever Jesus tells you to do. Well, what did he tell me to do? It's written in the word, so you know what he told us to do. We're to love, we're to be kind, we're to be gracious, we're to be prayerful, we're to bear one another's burdens and doing all kinds of things like that but trusting the Lord with all of our heart. I want to wrap this up this morning, this, the, the whole concept of trust. There's a story in 1 Kings chapter 17. It's another beautiful example of trust in, in, in doing what was told to do. And this is Elijah and the widow. Elijah had proclaimed a, a drought, and there was a, a drought in the land. So obviously as a result of the three years of drought, there's a, you know, the streams and things are drying up and and uh, there's, there's no produce, and things are becoming very scarce. But uh, in this particular story, it tells us in 1 Kings chapter 17 and verse 8 that the word of the Lord came to him, came to Elijah, saying, Arise and go to Seraphath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So real quickly, God's telling the prophet where to go and says, when you get there, I have commanded someone, and in this situation, it's a widow woman, a widow woman. He commanded her, meaning he spoke to her. He spoke to this widow woman. So this widow woman had a heads up that the prophet was coming, and when he comes, you're to provide for him. And so he arose, and, and, and he went there, and indeed, when he got there, the widow was there, and when he saw her, the end of verse 10 says, please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink, and as, as she was going to get it, as she was going to do, as she was told to do, I'm paraphrasing it now, as she was going to do what she was told to do, he called out to her and said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. Verse 12, her response. As the Lord your God lives, 
I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. So that's, she's stating her circumstances. In the book of Hebrews, uh, in 1023, it says, we're to hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Notice, don't, don't throw away your trust and start confessing your logic. Stay in the realm of trust. Stay in the realm of trust. So she was uh, being tempted here to go back into logic because she heard from God, God told her to take care of this man. Provide for him. Here he is, and he, he's given his request for a little bit of bread and, and, and a little something to drink. And she's saying, you know, I, I don't have anything. What I do have, I, uh, you know, I do not have bread, verse 12, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. That is a very dire circumstance. That is a very sad picture. This woman was so poor and, and, and so adversely affected by the, by the drought that she only had just a little bit of flour left and just hardly any water. And in her mind, in her logic, in her reasoning, this is it. I'm going to make this last meal. My son and I, we're going to eat this together. We're going to tell each other we love one another, and we're going to die. This is it. In that situation, in that circumstance, God had already spoken to her and said, this man, this prophet is coming, provide for him. So she had a word from the Lord, and she also had her circumstances. You think you wrestle. You think you have things to wrestle with. I'm not saying that you don't, but let's take encouragement from some examples that we have from the word of the Lord. So she told the prophet this, and here the prophet even needed to stay strong. I couldn't imagine being in his situation, and then he needs to stay strong with the word of the Lord for, this, for the woman's sake, not for his sake. And he makes this response to her in verse 13. Elijah said to her, do not be afraid. So that's the second key. Number one key is do whatever he tells you to do. Number two, do not be afraid. Trust him. Do what he tells you to do. Trust him. Do not be afraid. Trust him. Do not be afraid. Go and do. There we have that go and do again. Jesus said, do whatever they tell you to do. The prophet said, don't be afraid, go and do. And I love the way, he, the way he spoke. He said, do not be afraid, go and do as you have said, but. And that is such a beautiful picture of God and us being able to trust him with all of our heart and not lean on our own understanding. When God's word comes to you, I, I grew up with a mentality that God's word was always punitive. It was always punitive. It was always to take the joy out of whatever joy there may have been. Suck the life out of you, suck the joy out of you, just make you whatever. Don't be afraid. Go and do as I have said, but 
make me a small cake from it first. Have your plans. Plan for your life. Plan for your future. Preparation is very biblical. Being in fear is not. Being in disobedience is not. So he's saying, do what you said you were going to do. Do what you are planning to do. But first, everyone say, but first. But first. But make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me and afterward make some for yourself and your son. Now, how can, he, how can she make some for him, for him to eat, and then afterward for she and her son to eat when she only had enough for she and her son to eat and then they're going to die? Because she came to a place where she trusted the Lord, she trusted the word of the Lord, follow through, go make the cake, Give me some of it first. It's a picture of the tithe. It's trusting God in, in surrendering your, 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 your stewardship over to the Lord. You can trust him. Make your plans. You know, uh, what the scripture is telling us here is that your tithe is not inhibiting you from living your life. Giving your tithe unto the Lord on a regular basis is not inhibiting you from living your dream. If you're holding back thinking, well, I have things I want to do, I have things I need to do, I have bills that need to be paid, and I'm holding back. No, holding back the tithe is not keeping you from being successful. I don't think I said that right. <laughs> Did I say that right? <laughs> it's keeping you. I said it's not keeping you. Well, whatever. That's not what I meant. <laughs> Disclaimer. All right. I don't know what I meant to say, nor do I remember what I said. So let's, <laughs> let's put it like this. Pay your tithe. <laughs> Just do whatever the pastor tells you to do. <laughs> there we go. For thus says, the, and then he follows it up with the promise, verse 14. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and she did, she trusted, she did according to the word. God is faithful to his word, to the word according to the word of Elijah. And she and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour, verse 16, was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Do what he tells you to do. Don't be afraid and follow through. Do what he tells you to do. Don't be afraid and follow through. And you can apply that to every area of your life. Bin, and you will not run out. God will always supply your every need in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you and I praise you, Lord, as we um, purpose to continue the journey of developing our trust in you, exchanging our logic for complete confidence and trust in your word, believing that you are trustworthy, you are infinitely reliable, Faithful to your word, you'll never renege on your promises. We can trust you, Father.
as our Lord, trust you as our Savior, trust you as our protector, and we trust you as our Savior in the mighty name of Jesus, name above all names. And all the people said, amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, thank you so much for coming out today. Be blessed. May the Lord your God be with you. His ministering angels watching over you. No harm, no evil, no plague, no virus shall come near you in the name of Jesus. Walk in love. Walk in love towards all people. All kinds of different reactions from different people. So, but we're going to walk in love towards all of them. Amen. And, and keep praying and ask God for creative ways of how you can be a blessing. And if anyone in the church, you know of any particular needs that have arisen because of the circumstances in our culture, please don't hesitate to let us know. We pull together and we're going to be a blessing. Amen. God bless you. If you have any need for prayer, someone will meet you up here and be happy to pray with you. Other than that, have a great day. We love you. See you next Sunday.